You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode... We're seeking peace through understanding in Fab Facts. We're visiting a nightmare world of hellish creatures in the randomizer. And it's PWOR for part two of our interview with David Mather. What a mouthful. That's all coming up in pod two for one. You speak for yourself of the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Yes, mm. happy two for yes. one day. Uh, oh, two for one, I see, you see two what? for one. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't mean we have to record two podcasts this week. Uh, well, we won't be putting two out this week, that's no. for sure. Right, uh, but enough. yeah, since it's the Jerry Anderson podcast, you do get two for the price of one. That's me, Jamie ah, Anderson. And me, Richard James. Yes, yeah, and also true. a bonus yeah. uh, contestant. <laughs> no, a bo- uh, bog off. A bo- <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, an right. additional bog off. It's uh, Chris Dale, the randomizer, who will be here later on with his randomizer. Yeah, look forward to that. It's a it's a it's a top notch bit of entertainment. That is it. So top notch, in fact, yeah, that it has its own podcast. Yeah. So if you're here thinking, yeah, get on with it, you two. I want to hear the randomizer. Then, well, you can mm. go away and listen to the <laughs> randomizer podcast. Just search Jerry Anderson randomizer on your podcast app of choice and go and subscribe to that. It's many randomizers behind this one, but it does produce a new randomizer every week, and you can listen ah. to it without all the fluff and gubbins that Richard yes. and I produce. Well, there we are. I have to say, I'm quite glad that the randomizer is so good because it gives us, you know, we we don't have to raise our expectations quite so high do we exactly we can sit back and relax that's right tread water chat nonsense in the knowledge that something amazing is coming at the end of the podcast exactly so uh (laughs) it's 90 percent filler 10 percent thriller at the very end of is is that a card you've got it all today haven't you no i definitely don't have it all have you been pitching again (laughs) it is it is that time of year in tv land so uh you could well be right in fact i was i was in at a a, quite a a famous well-known big name studio um mm-hmm. pitching well, you uh, know. yeah just right. last week very exciting right. good, um, good and they brought us very nice coffee so that was you know Whoa. that's always a good sign isn't and a biscuit it? i hope no biscuit pas- pastries no pastry no oh, well, now you said that i feel like mm, we've maybe not done as well as i thought yeah anyway yeah. uh as well as me lamenting my lack of pastries there are loads of other bits of filler in this podcast. So, Richard, can you try and make the filler sound exciting? <laughs> well, that's very rude, really, when you consider that some of the filler, at least, will be our lovely podstrons, our They're listeners at home. They're not filler. They've written no. in. That's different. I'm exactly. talking about the filler that you and I generate. Yeah, OK. You mean things like Fab Facts, which will be up in just a moment, whereby yes. Jamie flicks through a book of Fab Facts, I shout Fab, he stops on a random page and reads out the facts that is therein contained, upon which we comment and, and laugh and all sound uh, hang bored on. and yawn. Uh, then we that's the bit I normally say in full I don't have to say anything in fact there we have the Jerry Anderson news of course because there's always something new happening in the Jerry Anderson universe Uh, we're bringing you all the latest updates from uh, I don't know merchandise and uh, productions and books and uh, audio probably all that sort of stuff yeah Sounds fair. Uh, Then we've got uh, part two I think of your interview with David Mather correct 
Yeah, look forward to that. Excited lots of comment last week about the, uh, oh. the Corgi uh, Stingray. Yes. Uh, should I say toy? Is that right? I, mean, I, 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 I don't think want to... collectible sounds okay. better, doesn't it? Great. Excellent. And then, of course, a randomizer at the end. But in, above, and around, and beneath all of that, <laughs> our lovely podstrons have been emailing us at podcast.jerryanderson.com. They've been posting on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons. And they've been hashtagging us on Twitter, Jerry Anderson Podcast, tagging me, Richard N. James, him over there, I'm Jamie Anderson, and him over there, standing by the big red button, Chris Dalek. And they've been commenting on our YouTube channel too. I should be reading out all of those comments for your delight. Goodness me. Wow. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a bumper edition. I mean, we shouldn't be that surprised, really, should we? What, that people are still emailing in? I'm surprised. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 They've still got things to say. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. We're very, mm. very uh, grateful. Now, yeah. I'm just... Uh, bear with me one second. Mm. What, what are you ordering uh, your groceries or something? Uh, yeah, Domino's Pizza. No, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not. But if anyone from Domino's is listening and they'd like to sponsor the podcast... Uh, no, no, what I'm doing... Is you know because every week we say oh we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review the podcast and all that sort of stuff. We and do I, say that. I, yes, I think it's got to the point where people are actually they sort of they just forget and they kind of tune it out oh. because we say it the same they way don't every hear week. It. Yeah, right. Okay. So this week yeah. I thought I would give you a stat. Oh yeah. So the stat is that in all the time the podcast has been available. Of right. all the unique listeners that have listened to this podcast, right? Wow. Guess what percentage of those listeners oh. have left a review? Very low. I mean, I know as a writer, apparently when you write books, it's mm. expected that only 1%, one in every 100 readers would leave a review. Okay. So I suspect it's probably going to be around that kind of mark. I'll say 2%. Um, well, I'm afraid you're out by a factor of 10 0.239% of our listeners really? have really? left a review. Well, I mean, uh, but I, we ask every week. Uh, I know, but I think <laughs> it's because I uh, we say the same thing. We've we've created white yeah. noise over this. So, posturons. Well, as with much of the podcast, yes. <laughs> to the to the 0.239% of you who've left a review, we're extremely grateful. Thank you. To the yeah. 99 Point seven, whatever percent it is of you who haven't, <laughs> we would just just place this plea for yeah. a moment that please would yeah. you consider leaving us a review? Yeah. It it does make an enormous difference, you see, because when people come along mm. and they go, "Is this thing any good?" Mm. The more yeah. reviews, the better. Yeah, and it's not just yeah. it, it, it needs to go beyond just pressing the the star thing. It's just writing a couple mm. of lines. So, right, yeah. I mean, shall we shall we let them do that one? We'll just wait for a second while we... Well, yeah, we you go tie up the dogs, because they're running You can hear Eric moving around. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, get yeah. in your bed. Just, look, we just Come wait on, for Eric. the podstrons to write reviews. So just... Yeah, that's right. Go on, lie and, down. Actually, actually, as you've mentioned it now, Jamie, we don't need to mention it again this week. And if you promise to write that review now, podstrons, I tell you what, we won't mention it next week. Are you holding them to ransom? <laughs> yeah, well, no, not really. In a okay. gentle way. All right, well, let's wait for that percentage figure to uh, come down. But in the meantime, yes. uh, let's inspire them to write something amazing in the reviews oh, yeah. Go by on, delivering then. them, perhaps, it could be, mm. I don't know, because it's random, I suppose, that, but it might be the most fantastic ever fab fact. Yeah, good luck with that. Now, time for this week's fab facts. Yes, indeed. Now, Richard, you've already yeah. taken my thunder or... Um, you know, done a wee on my cornflakes or whatever the phrase is, haven't you? I did you? that as well, yes, yes, that was me. <laughs> That's very no, rude that, of you. That was Eric, that was the dog. Oh, probably the dog, yeah. So, um, I'm not going to explain what we're doing here, but... No, I, you don't I, need to. Are you ready to shout fab? Yeah! 
Yeah. Go on. Okay, here's the book. Fab! Oh, very good. Stopped us nice and early. Yes, I did. Eric the dog is extremely attentive to this one because yeah, I think I can tell. He, he knows that we've gone across the pond and back in time. Yeah. He's shaking with excitement. Uh, <laughs> yes, Eric and Richard and Podstrons, we are off to the 1964 World's Fair in New York. Oh, that sounds lovely. It does, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, so uh, sit back and enjoy this time-travelling ride across the pond. The New York World's Fair in 64 promoted itself as a universal and international event with the theme of Peace Through Understanding. Oh, I like it. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Uh, it primarily celebrated the advances of industry, science and technology from all around the world, but particularly, obviously, the United States. Companies with displays at the event included IBM, Bell, Ford and General Motors, mm -hmm. while even the legendary Walt Disney got involved with the fair with several mm. displays utilising his pioneering animatronic technology. So, if you've ever been to a Disney park and had a ride uh, on the It's a Small World... Oh, God, yes. ...until the song makes your ears bleed, uh, you yes. can thank the 1964 World's Fair since that was the event where it was originally created for. <laughs> Interesting. Right. That's not the fad fact, though. Oh. Uh, one of the most popular rides at the fair was the General Motors Corporation Futurama 2. Oh. Uh, as you may guess, this was the successor to the company's original... Uh, Futurama uh -huh. display, yeah, yeah. Uh, previously seen at the same fair in 1939. Now, Futurama 2 took its passengers on a journey into tomorrow. That's the mm. tagline. It went past model displays showing all of the moon colonies and underwater cities and space stations that all the visitors could expect to be living in by the 20th, 21st century, obviously, as obviously. we all are now. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this all culminated in a large and impressive working model showing the city of tomorrow. Mm. That fair ran uh, for a whole year from October 64 to October 65. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, back in the UK in May 1965, the team at TV Century 21 Comic were in need of a cover photo for ah. issue number 19. Right. Now, ordinarily, they would, as you know, use publicity photos or even specially posed photos featuring models from Fireball XL5 and Stingray, etc. But issue yep. 19's cover, reporting on the famous XL5 storyline, The Astron Assassination, needed a photo of a futuristic city to represent the world capital of Unity City as seen in the comic strip. Hmm. However... Mm -hmm. Without having a suitable model to lift from an Anderson show, they instead resorted to using a picture of the futuristic city from the Futurama 2 ride. Ah. Obviously, that makes sense since it looked yeah. the part, and very few people in the UK would have had any idea where it actually came from. Sure. Now, while we are absolutely certain that many talented artists who worked on TV21 would have had no trouble at all drawing futuristic cities... That picture of the City of Tomorrow from the 64 World's Fair essentially set the template for how futuristic cities would look in that comic going forward. Aha, yeah. So that city photo appeared again on the cover of issue 119, so 100 issues <laughs> later. And the comic's idea of a world capital may even have inspired the Captain Scarlet episode Treble Cross, in which the Mysterons threatened to destroy the world capital. Uh, although in that episode, the world capital was called Futura City rather than Unity City. But come on, Futurama, oh. Futura, I mean, yes. mm, seems not a great leap, is it? No. Uh, mm. Now, you might think that the story of Futurama 2 city model 
being used as Unity City would have ended with the demise of both the fair and the comic. But no. Ah. In issue 19 of Thunderbirds the comic, published in the UK in 1992, uh, in June of that year, the centre spread pull-out cutaway diagram drawn by Graham Bleethman was of Unity City. Mm. Graham's artwork, of course, followed the original Futurama 2 model in precise detail and was drawn from pretty much the same angle as the photo that had appeared in TV21 back in the 1960s. So, decades after it had first wowed visitors in the uh, World's Fair in 1964, the Space Age City of Tomorrow was still providing inspiration to young Thunderbirds fans in a way that people who originally built it could probably never have imagined. Amazing! There you go. Well, but they well. were probably hoping it was actually would come true rather than be in a yeah. cutaway in a Thunderbirds comic in 1992. Well, uh, but there we go. Right. So, I mean, I often wonder what happened then. We, I feel like we were betrayed, my generation, the generation immediately before me, because yeah. we were promised underwater cities and space stations and jet cars and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it could have happened, couldn't it? Why didn't it? Well, I think it is sort of happening in bits and pieces, just not in the mm. same... I mean, you've got the International Space Station. Yeah, you're not yeah. living there yet. That's yeah. fine. But it's it's a stepping stone, isn't it? Mm. There's definitely a hotel I've seen that's got some kind of rooms underwater. Mm-hmm. So there's okay. something sort okay. of there. There's yeah. there's the guy who's put the like micro jet engines on his arms yes. and his back and flies yes. around. So yes. there's kind of jetpacks and that kind of thing. Yeah. I've seen yeah. the testing of a car that turns into... To a plane recently right okay so i feel like right. you know actually i mean you did say it's quite you know the 21st century well that's 100 years you know so we're still only 23 years into it yeah we've got a little way to go we have so yeah. and, and also science fiction's there to entertain us but also to inspire it's not to yeah. guarantee the future no 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 that's true no, fair enough so but it's still pretty cool now uh, hopefully in the show notes of the podcast uh, and in the description of the youtube video of this fab mm-hmm. fact you'll find a link to the 64 to 65 Futurama ride on YouTube so you can have a look at it for yourself. Great. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So I wonder what other futuristic visions in other media have inspired Mm -hmm. things directly in Anderson shows or Anderson comics. I mean, we know that the the moving of the Japanese shopping centre in the early 60s Across the street was that was one of the inspiring things for terror in New York City with the oh, moving right. of the Empire State Building. And there's yeah, lots yeah. of little bits and pieces yeah. like that. Yeah. Posterons, if you know of anything else where there seems to be a direct link or a de- direct inspiration from either real life or futuristic visions or futurists elsewhere in the world that have appeared mm. in Anderson shows or comics or anything else, do let us know. Podcast at jerryanderson.com. Mm. Nice. There you go. Uh, well, I think that'll probably do, won't it? Yeah, I think so. Good. Uh, well, then that brings us to the end of this week's Future, future Fact. Hey! Had to be Future Fact, didn't it? It did, didn't it? Because yeah, you nice. couldn't really fit Futurama Fact in. No, no, exactly. I mean, I've got that nice little bit of alliteration there, which is always fun, isn't it? Absolutely. Like Fab it. Fact, Future no. Fact, amazing. Nice. Right. Uh, now, I'm going to head on over to our email bag. Please and do. Pull out a few missives. This one, for example, is from uh, Chris Yost, who says, Good morning. Uh, last night, I finally got to see Jerry Anderson, A Life Uncharted. I can't help feeling cheated, since in my mind, everyone else got to see it already last year. Yesterday, my second son found it on Amazon Prime and bought it for me, and I watched it with the wife yesterday. Fascinating. 
We really enjoyed it. I was hoping the wife would, as she not uh, wasn't on the same level of fan as I am, but she did, and I'm very glad that she was there. I had wondered when people had said that the end was emotional, but watching it showed me why, especially at the end when Jamie walked off the bridge, and not to spoil what happens as he does in case you read this on the podcast, but if she hadn't been beside me, I would have been busted out bawling, says Chris. <laughs> and I have to wonder... If it would have hit me so hard had I not met him by pure chance in a hotel elevator in 1978 in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> and talked with the man for that brief ride down, Amazing. gaining his blessing to sell my Space 1999 fan fiction stories, properly disclaimed, of course. Well, says Chris, well done once again. Uh, in fact, thinking about it is making me missed up as I write this. Congratulations on a superb production. As always, all the very best from Chris Yost in uh, Pennsylvania, USA. Amazing. Oh, I'm, so, yeah. well, I'm, I'm so glad the film is out in the US now. Yeah. And we will talk about that more, but I believe it's streaming very shortly and uh, on, on DVD out there and DVD and Blu-ray coming later this month in the UK. Great. Nice. Um, so nice, because it's, it's been not... Uh, it's been as its exclusive window uh, on BritBox mm-hmm. in the UK, mm-hmm. so to have it out there in the world now is, is yeah. rather lovely, and obviously it's very lovely to get um, feedback like that, Chris. Thank yeah. you so much. And to finally have a physical copy for people to put on their shelves and watch whenever they want. Exactly, exactly that. Chris Turner got in touch to say, Hi, Jamie, Richard and Chris. I'm writing to you about Space Precinct after listening to Chris's review of The Fire Within in pods 236 and 237. Having grown up watching the Supermarination shows in the 1960s, I remember eagerly anticipating this brand new Jerry Anderson show. And sure enough, I watched the first few episodes when the show was aired on BBC Two, which would have been in September and October 1995, according to Richard's excellent book Space Precinct Unmasked Never I'd just it. like to say that's not why I'm reading this <laughs> <laughs> of course not However, continues Chris Turner, having very young children at the time meant that the 6pm time slot wasn't ideal and after those first few episodes I missed the next few and then never got back into it. Now, many years later, I have the DVD box set and I've watched the complete series. I agree with Chris that The Fire Within is one of the strongest storylines with real tension and Mm -hmm. didn't see it coming plot twists. The two-parter is also on Richard's one-to-watch list and it really stood out for me as one of the best stories in the whole series. From looking through the DVD sleeve notes, also Richard's book and Wikipedia, what shines out is the sheer quality of the talent involved in the series. As Chris informed us, The Fire Was In was directed by John Glenn, who directed several James Bond films, and many of the writers and directors on the show had long and successful careers with British and US theatre, film and TV. That Jerry was able to attract such high-quality talent onto the show is testament to his standing in the industry. There has been some talk of a Space Precinct vault on recent episodes of the podcasts, and I would love to see something that could bring the same level of background detail that Chris Bentley, David Hirsch and Robert E. Wood have brought to their Space 1999 books. I'd be fascinated to know much more about the development and production of the series, for example, on the visual effects, which I don't think is covered elsewhere, and this would be a great companion piece to Richard's book. Uh, Finally, I'm looking forward to all the great stuff you have planned for 2023 and beyond. Keep up the great work. Best wishes, Chris Turner. Lovely. Isn't that great? It, well, it's, it, you know, again, another reason why we do all this stuff is to make sure people can access stuff and try it out for the yeah. first time. Second time, having passed on something in the past, and thought, I don't really think I like that, and then give it another, yeah. give it another shot. Yes. Um, and so to, to hear that is, is marvellous, isn't it? And obviously, I'm sure it gives you a little thrill, doesn't it? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I mean, Chris is absolutely right there. It was a measure of, of, of Jerry. Uh, you know, I mean, by then he was in his mm, late 50s, early 60s during uh, 90s. 
94, 95? Uh, he would have been mid-60s, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, but, as Chris said, even then he was able to attract, you know, great talent, international talent to work Absolutely. on Space Precinct, which is a real measure of the man, I think. Yes. Uh, I love that story about him phoning John Glenn and asking him if he knew of any directors who wanted to direct his new series. <laughs> and John Glenn said, well, I'll do it. <laughs> John Glenn. Yeah, amazing, Brilliant. isn't it? Yeah, really good. Uh, here's one from Daniel M, who says, hi, Richard and Jamie. Jerry Anderson's career is a truly admirable one. He has consistently innovated and entertained an audience for decades and deserves the highest recognition for this. The Jerry Anderson podcast is a perfect encapsulation of his legacy, bringing together fans from across the world to unite in their love of his work. I am one of these fans, and I've greatly enjoyed every Anderson production I've been able to get my hands on. Jerry's work is truly timeless and transcends all generational boundaries, and I should know, being only 14 years old. Ah, love that. Yeah. He says, when I was about eight, I first saw Thunderbirds. I've been watching the 2015 reboot on CITV, which I enjoyed greatly at the time. The first series then finished, and of course I wanted more. My parents then informed me about the original series. I was intrigued to watch it, but couldn't find it on TV or YouTube anywhere. Couldn't afford the DVDs. While Thunderbird itself may not have been on TV, I was able to find the documentary filmed in Supermarionation. I watched it, and suddenly a new world opened up to me. I then proceeded to receive Thunderbirds on DVD for my birthday and was immediately captivated. I was terrified at the hood at first, my younger self going so far as to skip episodes I knew he was in. I soon got over it, though. I found a, a ton of clips of Stingray and Captain Scarlet on YouTube, YouTube, which I watched over and over before finally getting the DVDs. I do wonder sometimes whether there are other Jerry Anderson fans who are my age. I certainly hope so. Uh, I'm proud to say I attended the Standby for Action concert, which I greatly enjoyed. Oh, I was part of the VIP section where I met and got the signatures of Jamie, Richard, Chris and many others. Ah, yes. OK. Yeah. All makes so, sense now. There you go. Thanks for all you do to preserve the Anderson legacy, says Daniel. I have greatly enjoyed many of the recent audio adventures and the podcast keeps me and many others endlessly entertained. P.S. Says Daniel, send my regards to Chris Dale. The Jerry Anderson primers are some of my favourite YouTube videos of all time. Oh, brilliant. They are brilliant, to be fair. Aren't they? So, yes. Oh, yeah. Here, That's here. fair enough. Here, here. Well done, Chris. But isn't that a lovely email? Daniel, thank you so much. Yeah. Because, right. you know, we, we always say it, don't we? There's there's new Anderson fans arriving, appearing. Yes. It, tra- it as he says, transcends ages. And that's yes. just so brilliant to hear. And what a nicely written note. Thank oh, you, lovely. But yeah. We know there are other, other fans in their early teens, certainly. Yep. We yep. definitely have had, have had emails from people between sort of 12 and 18, 19 before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yes. you're all out there. So, yes, that's nice. So it, 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 in one post bag there, we had an email from someone who met Jerry in 1978. And, yes. you know, and then we get someone who's 14 and still enjoying the shows today. Now, finally, this is a quick one from Martin Labor. Now, uh, I love it when Fab Facts is proved wrong. Don't you, Jamie? Uh, what? No, I've never heard of such a oh, thing. Well, Martin says, just a quick note to say, I'm currently reading Ronnie Wood's autobiography. Uh-oh. And he mentions the name for his band, the Thunderbirds, Uh came from the 1960 Chuck Berry song, Jaguar on the Thunderbird. Jaguar and the Thunderbird. So there you go. Keep up the good work, Martin Laybourne. All right. Thanks, Martin. You know, I was saying how nice it is when people write in. It's funny how you can go off that. I mean, at least they're listening. Yes, that is, that is true. That is <laughs> you know, true. Intently, what a, astute podstrons we have who, exactly who right. listen and pay attention and uh, and, yep. and read books and all sorts. So thank yeah, you. We don't mind being wrong. That's fine. Thank you, Martin. No, absolutely. That's yeah, it's great. great to get that cleared up. But they, <laughs> but the Stones are, were still fans or are still fans. Sure. Okay, so that's, that's not yep. uh, 
No. Disputed. Made up. Yeah. Uh, sorry. It's great. Richard. There we are. No, stop it. Now, so thank you all so much for those wonderful emails. Do keep them coming in. Uh, it's very easy. You just open your email clients on your uh, bra- uh, Mac or your or PC or your phone, or and you type in uh, podcast at jerryanderson.com yes. in the uh, recipient uh, line, and then oh perhaps you put goodness, something in really? the subject line so, uh, telling us what the email is <laughs> about. Uh, but then in the main body of the email, that's where you write your email. You press send, and I'll read it out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in case anyone is, you know, Brilliant. not sure how to get in touch. If, if someone is not, it. they're listening to a podcast and yet they don't know how to send an email. <laughs> well, thank goodness. Uh, you're listening I like to, the... to cover all bases. We welcome everyone here, Jamie, as you know. <laughs> we do. You're listening to the Jerry Anderson Tech Support Podcast, uh, giving you hints and tips about basic functionality and technology <laughs> today. Uh, let's, let's move on. I think I've got some yeah, Jerry Anderson news for you. Would you like oh, that? thank you. Goodness for that. Good. Here's some Jerry Anderson news. Yes, indeed. It's the Jerry Anderson news, 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 news. Let me start with the top story today. Oh, yes. Uh, today, the day of release. Yeah. Well, it's National Pie Day. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, no, so I don't know why this is, is crept in. S- somebody put it in, into our marketing uh, meeting, and um, then somebody mm. said, "Oh, well, Grandma's always baking pies in Thunderbirds, so we should probably mention okay. that." Okay. Well, I tell you what. Here's a challenge. All this week, then, if you're listening to this podcast or, or on the day of release or soon after, bake us a Thunderbirds or Jerry Anderson-related pie. <laughs> post <laughs> a picture on social media, oh, and we can all brilliant. enjoy it. Brilliant. Well, you can enjoy looking at it. We can't eat it, sadly. <laughs> no, sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah. That'd be great. There yeah. you go. Okay, well, that's unexpected, but um, there <laughs> we are. Uh, now, have you been on our YouTube channel recently? Mm, yes. Did you see Agent 21 on Saturday? Oh, I, I must have missed that. Yeah, well, there you go. Agent 21, mm. uh, a strip from the 1960s from TV21, which was ah. really put there to sell toys. Fair enough. Uh, well, uh, That's all Chris, we're here for, let's abs- face it. Absolutely, yes, obviously <laughs> that. Uh, Chris Thompson and the team started this project back in lockdown, would you believe? Wow. Uh, bringing uh, an Agent 21 strip to life, and the first part of two was released this weekend Ooh, on nice. our YouTube channel. Please Great. do pop along and have a look there. Lovely. Uh, as I think I mentioned last week, finally our UFO and Space 1999 technical operations manuals are back in stock, having sold out over the Christmas period. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. That was yeah. uh, They proved to be more popular than we thought, which is rather lovely. Yeah. Uh, but they are available now uh, from the UK or the US store. Up to you, shop.jerryanson.com or jerryanson.store. On the 30th of January, that's a week today from the day of release, Yeah. Ben Field, the director-producer of Jerry Anton Live Uncharted, uh, and me, uh, oh, yeah. will be doing a live stream hosted by uh, Anderson fan and uh, broadcaster and journalist David Monday, oh, yeah. uh, previous podcast guest as well, mm. if you remember. That's uh, Sunday with an M, uh, which is always how I remember to spell his surname. So on. Sorry, say, say that again. It's like spelt Sunday, but with an M. Okay. Rather than Monday with a U. Do you see what I mean? Anyway, David Monday. (laughs) Sunday, but replace the S of Sunday with an M. Oh, I see. I see. You see? I thought, well, there isn't an M in Sunday. That's why you have to have to add the M. Sorry, I'm a bit slow today. Anyway, so Monday the 30th with David Monday, that's Sunday with an M. Oh, right, Uh, got you. Ben and I will be doing a live stream <laughs> at 6pm across all of our social channels, answering your questions, telling you about the extended 
edition of, of Jerry Anderson Life Uncharted, which is being released next week. You can pre-order it now giving you some insights into how we made it, answering your questions live. Um, if you have any questions that you would like answered, mm. then you can email us in advance. If you email fablive at jerryanderson.com, we'll get your questions in advance, and I can send them over to David, and he will ask them. But we will be answering stuff live, giving you some clips, uh, behind-the-scenes pickies, all sorts Great. of stuff. Yeah. And um, as usual with these Q&As to do with the Life Uncharted, because it's such a very personal story... There are no holds barred on questions. You can ask whatever you like, and we will do our best to answer them as honestly and openly as we possibly can. Um, There's some difficult subject matter in there, so I don't think we should shy away from answering difficult questions about the difficult subject matter. Fair enough. That's fair, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, On to something lighter and more clothing-y based. Uh, Chris Thompson's been a busy boy, and he's done us three new designs for UFO, Stingray, and uh, some other show, which I'm not terribly fond of, I think. Um, Uh. Those T-shirts will be arriving in the store this coming week. Uh, A reminder to those of you who have been waiting for the Maybe There paperback. This is the lost story from Space 1999, taking unfilmed and draft scripts and uh, novelising them for your enjoyment, so you can see everything that might have been in Space 1999. You can Uh order the paperback from the Jerry Anderson store or Amazon, where you can also get the Kindle ebook version. Now, we've got a few of you asking, are you going to do a non-Kindle version for those of you who don't have uh, Amazon e-readers or whatever? Uh, We're looking into it not right now, though. Yeah. Uh, later this week, we'll have a, a small interview article on the website about an upcoming comics micro exhibition to be held in London in March. Oh. More on that very, very soon. Oh, okay. Also, uh, Richard, you did write a, a book, didn't you? Um, I did write a book. Uh, Intergalactic Which one? Rescue oh, yeah, Force, Stellar Patrol. That's right, I did. We launched it yes, at uh, London indeed. Film and Comic Con. Now, a thing in, um, in November. Yes, yes. yes. Right. So the hardback sold out. Uh, yeah. So that's rather lovely. Um, but yeah. the paper paperback and kindle version are coming at the end of this week you'll be able to order them from amazon so there you go that's exciting and now we've got a few birthdays let's get the sad birthday out the way first the 27th of january would have been tim beddow's birthday it would have been his 60th birthday oh wow Uh, so that's very very sad and we remain ever so grateful for everything tim has done for the anderson legacy and so much other cult tv yeah but on to brighter birthdays hmm it's hashtag Mummy A's birthday on the 26th. Ah, it's it. So happy Aww. birthday in advance, Mummy A. And if you'd like to send Mummy A your wishes, please do use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag Mummy A. Uh, <laughs> nice. And send her your birthday wishes. And then on the yeah. 28th, I think, there's another birthday. Oh, oh, yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. That's true. Yes. I, I can't remember whose it is, but it's just no, in my mind no. that there's... Um... No, it, it's Richard James's it, birthday. No, don't He's 21 that. on the 28th <clears> of January. Happy 21st yeah. birthday in advance, you. Richard. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Yes. yes. There we are. What cool. is it? Your, is it your 33rd, not, 21st birthday? Something like that, I think. 33rd. No, I'm 50... Four, I think. Doesn't that make sense then that it will be your 33rd, 21st birthday? Is that right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, anyway. I, th- I see. I see. Yes, I think you're right. Yes. But, uh, I probably That's the maths has failed there. But yes, yeah. anyway, there you go. Happy birthday in advance to our yeah, amazing co host, writer, actor, uh, general legend, Richard wow. James. Put it like that. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah. And you can make sure you tweet Richard N. James and wish oh, him happy no. birthday on the 28th of January. Oh, now you've torn it. Or before. It's up to you. Yeah. There we are. Anyway, so those Thanks. birthday wishes bring us to the end of this week's bumper, Jerry Anderson News. That was the news, birthday news. 
It wasn't bumper. all birthday news. Well, I, love the, I love the way we're using the word bumper now because of Wait, you last week or the week before. That's right. You've been saying bumper for ages. Have I think I? you've been saying bumper since pod eight or something because when we <laughs> when we started getting more emails and you said, we've got a bumper crop this week. Oh, well, there you go. And then go. you've never stopped. No, well, there we are. Well, I think more people should say it more often. Okay. Bumper. Uh, bumper. Now, uh, over on our bumper Facebook group, <laughs> uh, people have been leaving one... Some messages and uh, oh, pictures of their cosplay. And Hannah's been uh, leaving some lovely pictures of her posing with her uh, big chief uh, Thunderbirds toys, dolls, uh, as she's been Collectors doing her wonderful figures. drawings. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, now, uh, Linda Kelly, for example, has posted um, hello. Hello. A huge Space 1999 fan here. Hello, huge Space 1999 <laughs> fan there. Uh, I can't believe I only found the podcast today, says Linda, doing some catch up. Oh, I should think so. There's a lot to do. There really is, yeah. Put aside a bit of time for that, if I've you. Linda. Yeah, but welcome uh, along. Goodall says, yeah, says, continuing from my previous largely irrelevant Team America post, how about Trey Parker and Matt Stone as podcast guests, says Dick. Uh, yes, I'm sure they would uh, drop everything and do that in a heartbeat. I'm sure they're not busy at all. Uh, well, you CJ List commented, uh, yeah, he said, uh, I somehow doubted unless they were actual fans of Jerry's shows, Busted would be more likely candidates than them. <laughs> oh, uh, we're yeah. back on Busted, are we? Well, oh, dear. To which, well, Robert M. Cassidy says, OMG, they would be amazing guests. You're absolutely right, they would be. Wouldn't they be? Yeah, of course they would. Uh, Joe Holly says, I went to see Megan last night, which is a new film just Ah, yes, yes. That's M3... G-A-N, Megan. Yes. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, says Joe, how they brought the robot to life, but found it reminiscent of the more realistic style of puppetry they were going for for Scarlet and Joe 19 Secret Service. Perhaps a new style of animation for future Anderson productions. Mm. I think they... Didn't they mask up the actor and then add stuff ah, on and be VFX right. artists, I think. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not entirely probably. sure, but I have seen it. It's very Candy and Andy, I think. Ah, yes, exactly. What's the phrase? Oh, Uncanny Valley is the phrase, isn't it? That's, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's Uncanny Valley on purpose in this case. Just sure, it? So, right, yeah, exactly. Uh, Roger Smith has posted, uh, uh, well, this is from Paul Dunn, I think. Uh, Roger says, I've just seen this on a Coventry site, posted by Paul, and it's, uh, it's, it's taken from a Coventry Carnival as it goes through Broadgate. I'm guessing, says Roger, in the early 60s. Thought it might be of interest. And it's a picture of a huge Fireball XL5 being carried through the streets of Coventry as part of the carnival at some point in the early 60s. Amazing. Isn't it? Andrew Clements commented, well, they'll have someone's eye out with that if they're not careful. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, so, yes, do join in the fun on our Facebook group. Quite easy. Pop along to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons. Answer a few questions. We'll let you in and you can post away to your heart's content. Oh, and join in and be friends with a lot of lovely yeah, people. That's the whole thing, right. isn't it? Yeah, quite. Yeah, the, exactly. the friendliest, nicest, happiest place on the internet. And I have to say, we're now up to 912 Ooh, members. Oh, because you were after your thousand, weren't you? So we're really getting there. Thousand by Christmas. Having not made it this Christmas, I've pushed the, you know, yeah. the, the take back another you pushed year. Pushed the what's it. Yeah, yeah, you really have. Well, <laughs> so that's great. Oh, could, lovely. could happen. Could happen. Lovely. Yeah. No, it's really nice to see, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it really um, is. Yeah, Postrons, do share your, your mm. love of the podcast with your chums, because, mm. you know... If you're friends with them, you've kind of pre-selected them as nice people who might enjoy yeah. being part of the Podstrons group and, That's right. and listening in. So um, Indeed. spread the word. Yes. Okay, Richard James, would you mm, yes. like me now to drop the second part of a podcast interview? Uh, only if it's as good as the first part of the podcast interview. I think it might be better, you know, because... Oh, well. The first part was really fascinating. Mm. I loved hearing from David Mather about the history of Corgi and how it all kind of ended up wrapped yes. up together with Hornby having 
been a previous competitor to Dinky and all the history of toy stuff and obviously the news of the new Stingray. There's a bit more about Stingray in this second part, but also I ventured to ask David about what other Anderson collectibles might be coming down the pipeline and oh. what he might like to do in the future. Now, bearing in mind that he's head of brand for Corgi, not saying what he says goes, mm. but he's quite influential. So if you he's think, saying, yeah. I'd like, I don't know, a particular Thunderbirds vehicle that might not often be produced to be yeah. produced. Right. And there's quite a good chance of that. So listening closely, I think you'll be happy to hear David Mather's aspirations for Corgi Anderson collectibles in the future. So here's some more details of the new tooling of Stingray and David's hopes and dreams for Corgi in the future. It's David Mather from Corgi part two. Okay, one more question then, because mm. Airfix is part of your group yes. as well. How how has that kind of wound up in there as well? Because Airfix famously did a lot of Anderson kits as well, so there's more yes. Anderson heritage there. So again, Airfix was a separate company. Um, I mean, sort of the Airfix team sit on the opposite side of the desk from me, so mm-hmm. I have to admit I've not fully researched their dates, so I, I better not get in trouble fine. with them. Um, <laughs> but... Um, you know, they, they again sort of were a separate company. Um, they were based with Humbrol um, up in Slough. And so they've gone and um, effectively came under the Hornby Hobbies umbrella again um, in the 2000s. Yeah, and so they, they sort of, again, produced kits um, a, a little while ago. Um, not currently in the range, unfortunately, but they are in the process of releasing a lot of vintage kits. So um, I do sort of keep nudging and throwing things across the desk on occasion. Well, you need to sharpen those elbows a bit more, I think. Uh, we're very happy to lend you some sharp elbows if need to be. So this this is kind of bring me on to a thing that we get a lot, which is fans will write in and say, um, I want this toy that existed in the 70s or the 60s. Why haven't you issued it? Yes. So why, why haven't, I'm putting my hands on my hips now, I'm sure <laughs> listeners were able to hear, why haven't Corgi slash Hornby released a load of stuff that existed in the past uh what's what what's happened there and how how does that kind of legacy of tooling as it's called and that kind of thing mean that you can't just you know press a button and have thousands of thunderbird one or three or two toys yeah, out there right. that's it i mean there, there is sort of the the incredible dull vagaries of business which are one thing so you know we we sort of make can it exciting make we it can exciting. make it exciting yeah i know we, we can sort of release only so many products a year but of course um which is you know it can be problematic it's all about finding that juggle and seeing things but you know we've we reissued thunderbird 2 with thunderbird 4 this year um and it's pretty much sold out yeah no quite quickly so it is one of my priorities to reissue everything else we've got as mm. soon as we can. I can't promise it will be next year, unfortunately, but it will be leading up to the 60th. Right. Um, and, you know, in, in the, at the same sort of breath, you know, I am a, a massive fan myself. So I'm, I'm aware that there are some big holes in things and things that people have never done. And so yes. I'm sort of looking at those and saying... We really need to make Thunderbird Five. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say no to that. I mean, is, is that, that I, I'm going to pretend that's a podcast exclusive. It feels yeah. like it. You should. Yeah. You're not promising yeah. anything, or not, are you promising? Can't, can't, can't promise anything yet. Okay. Um, but, but I mean, it, it is one of those where you know, it's. It, I have lists of things we should make across all of yes. our little sub brands, and it's like that's a big tick. That's a big yeah. tick. So Thunderbird Five is a big tick for me personally as well, a fan. You know, it's one of those things which has never been done. Um, in diecasts no, to scale with the other really. products. No, I mean it's one of those things which also annoys me about. I say annoy; it's a bit strong. But well, I'm saying 
Well, when, when you look at them and you say, okay, they're toys, but at the same time, they're not actually in correct scale with each other. No. So that's always one of those things where it sort of drives me slightly up the wall when Thunderbird 1 and Thunderbird 3 are in a double pack. And it's like, Thunderbird 3 should be like twice the size of that. It should be bigger than Thunderbird 2. Yeah, and yeah. Thunderbird 2 is not in scale with Thunderbird 1. And so and it goes on. Uh, but, you know, in, in the dream stakes, yeah, we, we'd be dealing with that. But, um, no, I have to be a bit realistic at times as well. Yeah, it can't have it all absolutely perfect. I mean, I, th- I think people... I mean, there's no reason why they should know about the process of how these things are made and the, mm. the length of time and the, the costs yeah. involved. And again, not asking for specific numbers on this, but just mm. to say that these costs are high. Yes. So what if, if you decide today, and again, this is hypothetical, there's no promises yeah, here, yeah. but if you decide today you can do Thunderbird 5, what what's the process from you saying, yes, off we go, green lighting it, to it appearing on shelf? And how long does that take? I mean, in, in between, I'd say instead of to do the quick answer, there's it's about eighteen months. Yeah. Um. So it, it's it's that sort of range. At the same time, in in that eighteen months, you know, at the very start, we're doing a lot of presentations. We're having to convince people higher up the, the food chain in the company. Of course. I'm having to fill out spreadsheets. I'm having to work oh, out financials. Exciting. Um, you know, all, all sorts of thrilling things like that, which the boy playing in the dirt wouldn't have ever imagined. Um. But you know, it, it's sort of you you sort of make have to make the good case for it. There clearly uh. is a good case for it, and you sort of progress along quite well. Now, I mean, we're sort of planning, and I think so. I sort of said before we started recording that um, earlier this week we've um, done our range launch, and in that I did like a soft launch on video of um, a new tool of Stingray. Hooray! Which is you know, basically about the same size as the Dinky Thunderbird Two. Nice. Um, and the Corgi Thunderbird Two as well, I should say. Both. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's sort of one of those things where, you know, it was on a list and um, we we looked at it and it sort of got forgotten about for a couple of years and it's, yep. sort of, it's come back and I said, this is a priority item. And so it's sort of, it's actually progressing really, really quickly. We've designed it to be in time for the 60th anniversary Fantastic. in 2024. I can't actually say when we'll be having it available for pre-order as yet because it is sort of moving at pace. So yeah. we want we need to time it. It'll be available for pre-order in 2023. Yeah, is what I'll say. Um, Corgi basically does like three pre-order announcements. There's one in January, one in May, and one in September. Yeah. So it'll be in one of the May or September ones. We'll figure out which. Right. But um, you know the whole. We it was literally just on a list, and it said Stingray. And so you look at it and you say, well, what do you do? Because you know I've got the Matchbox one. There was the Product Enterprise Giant one. Yep. Which is an absolutely beautiful model and changes hands for really silly money on um on the auction website place. Um yep. and um it's it's one of those where you sort of say, Well, what do you do different? And you sort of go backwards and forwards and look at it, and it's the same sort of thinking where with our hypothetical Thunderbird five, it's like, Well, no one's done it. So well, if you do it, you want to make sure that Thunderbird three can dock with it. Yeah. Because then you have sort of two inanimate objects that suddenly have a play feature. Yes. Um, and so, you know, with with Stingray, it's a little bit different. And the one thing which had never been done before um, and was sort of going for that nostalgia angle, which we'd spoken about, was there's a toy which you always wish you had and you never got. And so you know, with Stingray, it is something as simple as go back to the dinky, go back to the classic Corgi toys and put firing torpedoes in it. 
And so that's what ours is going to do. So Ian, we'll, we'll have you, we'll supply you more than two because I know I've already lost some already. So it's, it's very much yeah. in the engineering stage. Brilliant. Um, the degree that my beautiful engineering sample that's sat next to me on the desk that listeners can't see, but it's here. Oh, you could, but again, please, please show it to me and just, describe just, it in all beauty. I walked it up for you, Jamie. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, something's just fallen off of it after fine. But yeah, it's, it's currently sort of in the in the silver bare metal, which is actually yeah. a really sort of strong look for Stingray. It does to be look honest. lovely, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's beautiful. And, it's, you know, it's got a high metal content in terms of plastic. I mean, I can't see the interior, but you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten plastic parts. And then the rest of it is pure die-cast metal. Yeah, amazing. Um, I mean, there's some little allowances, which sort of gives it that dinky feel in some ways, because to get the torpedoes in there, you have to slightly alter the form factor around the torpedo tubes on the nose. Um, so it's got more of a straight edge at this stage. But, you know, it's sort of, regardless, it, you know, it looks like Stingray. It's sort of got a bit more to it in some ways than the Matchbox, because the entire upper surface of the Matchbox, I seem to remember, was plastic. And yeah. like, even like, you know, the everything on the top the cabin and everything the fins on the back it's metal yeah. so it's and it's significantly heavy as well um, i can you know, see you're almost struggling to hold it up yeah, there struggling so on, I, should, I should be bench pressing this thing to be <laughs> honest but yeah no it's, it's you know it's um one of those where you sort of look at it and say ah yeah okay and you know we've sort of progressed really quickly with it but, in all honesty it, it sort of rattled along where we, we were saying oh i'd probably be out in like february 2024 or something it'll be before then i'd say but it's wow. very much a, a watch this space Great. And uh, we'll let you guys know so you can put it on the news section. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can't wait for that. It does look lovely. And if, as you were holding it up then, I'm comparing it over the back of my monitor to my, which you probably, you probably can can't just, see, I can, but I can my, just see the reflection. my studio Stingray model and the, the shape is excellent. It looks yeah. really, really good. So no, I no. think that will oh, be and, a lovely and, addition. And a display stand for it as well. So it'll sit on a stand rather than Fantastic. just be plonked on the ground. And does the, does the, the Raymaster spin around? Um, it does indeed. It's free yeah. moving. Yeah, I'll show you that, Jamie, so you can see I'm not kidding. Oh, he's, he's telling the truth. It really does. It oh, really nice. does spin. Nice. Okay, does yeah. spin. All right, so I want one of those immediately, please, but I know I'll have to wait until 2024. That's fine. I'll have to cope. Well, maybe not. Maybe a little earlier. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll be seeing how we do. Okay. Well, that's that's fantastic. So that that essentially goes through a kind of initial, I guess, 3D CG design, then yeah. goes out to be prepped and then tooled so, up and then... That's it. So, I mean, so basically everything's done in CAD. So, you know, back in the day, they would have been carved out of wood, mm. um, in effect, Um or it sort of, we, we sort of, on a, on a separate avenue from this, we didn't do any scanning with this one. But, you know, we, we LIDAR scan um, things nowadays at Corgi. So we yep. go off and we LIDAR scan aircraft, we LIDAR scan cars um, to make it as accurate as possible. Yeah. Um, and then that data is translated into CAD and it goes from there. This one was sculpted. Yeah. And so we get, have that stage. Then we effectively, and I know sort of um, Tim um, saw this, we um, get a 3D print. And then sort of we had the engineering sample come in as metal. So this only actually arrived on um, Friday last week. Oh, okay. So we've had it in hand for five days. So it's sort of nicely timed um, for this recording, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, then from there, um, at the simultaneous to that, as soon as we've got the CAD locked and approved, um, we go off and have product artwork done. Yeah. So, you know, it's quite a straightforward one for something like Stingray. Everyone knows what the colour scheme is. Yeah. Easy, easy to get right. Um, so that exists as well. And then from there the two are in effect combined from the metal engineering so the next stage we'll get we'll get a pre-production sample of it nice um which will come along which will be fully painted and then we make any sort of necessary tweaks to that 
and then we get our final signed sample, um, which is come, arrives in final packaging. And we get that about two weeks to a month before it hits the boat and it's on its way from shores afar to our UK warehouse. Yes, indeed. Uh, and we know all the difficulties involved with that. So yes. uh, no, yes. that's that's been fun, but we won't go into that on this no, podcast. No, no, uh, <laughs> lots of our Fosterons are very well aware because they've had to put up with enormous delays on pre-orders for for stuff, particularly diecast and yeah. um, and physical product like that. It's been um, yes, yeah, quite challenging. Better now. Yes, it, better now. It's, things it's are improving. Things are definitely improving. Anyway, it looks fantastic and um, well worth waiting. Actually, not that long for. By the time this is out, we're talking mm. twelve or thirteen months until. Uh, yeah. You could have it on your shelves, so that's very yeah, exciting. No, that's it. Anything else that you are allowed to talk about that is in the pipeline? Um, well, I mean, uh, sort of. This is a bit of a new start for us. I mean, we'll be reissuing as well in 2023, Captain Scarlet. Um, great. So the SPV and the Angel Interceptor, and um, the Corgi tools of those, um, which Ooh, were relatively great. new in mid 2000s, um, they'll yeah, be yeah. coming out again. Um, SPV in particular is going to be a good one um, because it's never had the front grill decorated properly with the black cross hatch oh, on it lovely okay so we're doing that which was never done by dinky or matchbox or Brilliant. um i don't even think by the original corgi version yeah does so it have the, the the missile in the front was it the yeah that's no, still that's still in there and Brilliant. scarlet in the side side ejector door nice. as well you know the moving tracks at the back all, all of that so oh, that, that, that's going to be coming later in 2023 as well amazing um and then yeah basically it is sort of seeing how stingray lands because that sort of can <laughs> dictators to sort of say well do we do a terror fish um, you know which has the same torpedo firing function yeah it's not been done either you know things like that and as i say thunderbird 5 already sort of says very high in contention yeah um and then you know other other things which are you know the fantasy wish list things about having things in scale with each other <laughs> which is alas probably a pipe dream but um, you know i would love to be able to do it yeah i'd love to be able to do it how how on earth would you what's what's going to be your largest one there five i guess five and yeah, three yeah if, if you went for it three would definitely i mean yeah three three would definitely be the, the longest um yeah. but yeah i don't know whether you'd you know break your wrist trying to pick up thunderbird <laughs> two <laughs> if we did it in diecasts you know it's yeah. a serious business um because something we sort of do um with our aviation range we do an avro vulcan in 172nd scale that's a big model and we're probably talking a similar level of size if if we ever did it but it's one of those you know if we sort of get enough sort of like screaming yes please yes please it's like it goes into serious contention so um we're sort of yes. trying to be quite realistic at this stage and sort of say these are the items that we we know that we would be well received and you know especially thunderbird 5 i've been sort uh, of banging on about it for so long and the fact that it's such a gaping hole and just because yes. it, it sort of sits there in effect doesn't mean it doesn't do anything so you can add those features into it to give it sort of that nostalgic playability yeah um or it can just sit there looking lovely on your shelf with thunderbird just, 3 docked in it exactly it can just look super striking it'll be great so yeah. I, well, I really hope thunderbird 5 comes off anything in any other areas um i Dan saves Scalextric. Is that a this? A thing? Uh, so, um, so there's something happening with that. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know what time their range announcement goes out on. Okay, well uh, then before I, this, I can not say will, anything else. It, it, it will be. It will have been announced. Um, so yeah, they're doing a Scalextric version of Fab One, um, which is um, the, the head of brand there has sort of said um, will be pretty much the largest Scalextric car um, ever made. 
Amazing. Um, I don't know what you could race against it because it, it sort of just about goes on the track by all accounts. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. You'd just be having to be racing some of the Mini Coopers or something against it so they don't knock each other off. Or maybe that's the point. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, that'll be a good one. Personally, I'm yet to see anything for it because sort of all the teams within Hornby sort of do sort of work relatively independently and then we yeah. sort of have like a conflab meeting and then we go our own ways again. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. But yeah, um, yeah that, that one will definitely be public knowledge as well. It's okay. on the front cover of the catalogue, I believe. So yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's going to be. I mean, if not, then we've blown it, and and now yeah, it, that's now it. it's probably now, now, tr- now I'm in trouble. I'm, it's basically. fine. I, it was my fault. I forced your hand. Um, <laughs> no, well, that's that's going to be very cool. So actually, there's quite a lot coming up and coming out, and I'm hoping that we might see some airfix bits and pieces in the future mm. as well. I'll have to yeah, wait I'll, and see there. I'll, I'll keep needling. Yeah, good. Thank you. I mean, is there <laughs> is there anything kind of weird, wacky, like a dream thing that would be kind of be unlikely? Wow. I mean, you'd love to do Fire Flash. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fire Flash with a special Thunderbird 2 set with a few elevator cars. Be, yeah. No, yeah. it would be an absolute cracker, that one. But um, yeah, no, it is, it's. I think it's one of those things where you can keep going and keep going. Um, right. And it's a question of whether you do or whether you keep to the core stuff and make the core stuff, you know, really good. Yeah. And I sort of think that these toys as they are now have sort of existed in a slightly sort of involved form for decades mm. and i sort of feel that especially the age that sort of i am you know the age that um quite a lot of your listeners are not to you know insult anyone listening i don't that's not my intent at, not all. at all it's a very wise audience it's, it's sort of like you know if we've got a bit of disposable income we sort of we don't necessarily want toys so it, right. it is sort of like the the collector level stuff yeah is really sort of something which sits on my mind at times as well yeah so you know, sort of to make something proper premium um, and and really really strong um, for a very discerning audience. Um, Absolutely, some, something for the future, I yeah. think. And has the reaction to stuff like Thunderbird two surprised the higher ups at Hornby Corgi? Um, well, I mean, just the fact that it came in and it's gone out, basically, it sort of <laughs> it just sort of says that well, okay, um, there's no sort of decline in interest here, really. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got another order on the books for Thunderbird 2. Brilliant. So um, that'll be coming back in the stock in the future. Um, and that's ultimately what sort of... We were already planning to add these items back into the range, but it's sort of it's definitely a driver um, yeah. for us to sort of say that, yeah, no, we, we need to make sure these are here because something like the Anderson properties and so, sort of so much with other sort of things in our portfolio as well, they very much align with the Corgi ethos, you know, sort of the, yeah. the heritage angle, the nostalgia angle helps if they're sort of you know british um you know things like that and so you know we work with we're working with sort of other places like triumph motorcycles you know bond obviously and you know other things um i'll be able to say we're working with ardman so yep. wallace and gromit great um we're doing so and it, you can sort of see this they're all sort of in a similar sort of ballpark yeah um and it's sort of about getting these things which are like classic nostalgia standards and making sure we keep them in our range um, as long as people want to buy them, is sort of really what I'm looking at doing for the future. Amazing. And doing an excellent job of it, clearly, because people yeah. are buying Thunderbird 2 and clamouring for more. And I'm sure the Stingray news will have raised a lot of smiles. Yes. No, no. Uh, we'll, we'll be, as I say, um, there's a video, if you, if um, listeners wanted to see it, there's a video on the um, Corgi YouTube um, where it's featured in there. 
It's also in our blog, um, which should have been published last Friday. We're recording this a little bit in the in the past, so we're done talking about the future. <laughs> but um, it's planned to be in there, and I'm going to make the sure future it past. is. Yeah, so good. yeah, so depending on when this goes out, it'll be there in our January 13th edition. Um, so there'll be some detailed pictures of it in that. Great. Um, so you can have a good look at it there as well. Okay, so uh, where should listeners head to to see that, David? So, so for that, that's at, on corgi.co.uk. That's on our main website. Um, it's our Diecast Diaries blog. So that goes out every two weeks. So obviously there'll be a variety of stuff in there as well. But you yeah. know, Stingray will be going in that edition, which came out on January 13th. So um, yeah, I can't... I won't read out a hyperlink because it doesn't exist yet, but it'll it'll be there, you know, if if you have a hunt. It'll also be sort of promoted on our show, social media channels as well. Okay. So you'll be able to find it um, across like the Corgi, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You'll find a direct link to that blog um, from on the 13th. Okay. Well, we'll put a, a link in the show notes to this episode so um, listeners can click below and, uh, and see the pictures. Because, uh, you know, it's one thing us talking about it and making lots of coos and nice noises, but actually seeing to it. See it. Yeah, yeah, seeing it, seeing it's the thing, and sort of, I mean, it, it sort of might be the fact that we end up having to release a, a silver special edition of it because I am sort of really quite taken with it sitting on my desk. It does. At the it's sort of the development team have lost cool. it. Basically, it's just sat in front of me. It's like it's mine now. Yeah, um, it's yeah, just well, going to sit there, and I'll look at that because um, it is very nice in silver. I'm jealous. Well, if there's a break in and it goes missing, then yeah. it may well be on my desk uh, later on. Uh, you have to find it... my desk first, though, Jamie. There's, uh, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> it might be tempted by other things. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, anyway, theming aside, uh, David, it's been really, really nice chatting, and I'm yeah, sure people much. will be fascinated by the kind of the heritage and the links through time and all the stuff that you're doing. And they'll also be very grateful that you're, uh, you know, investing in it because there are lots of other things I'm sure vying for license, yeah. spend, and development time and all that. So thanks for doing your bit for all things Anderson. No, very happy to do so. And sort of, you know, as I say that 11 year old would never have believed it, and he's sort of quite happy to be doing it now. And tell you that. So um, yeah, long may it continue. I'm very glad to hear it. Well, let's hope that we can speak in 2024 about oh, all yeah. the amazing things you're planning for 2025, maybe oh, yeah. including the hypothetical Thunderbird 5 even. Maybe That's... indeed, yeah. I mean, definitely more than happy to come back and sort of okay. show, show off to you and then sort of direct people to go and look at it somewhere else Brilliant. To, to see it when it happens. All right. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed for 2025. Uh, but for now, David, thanks so much for joining me. Excellent. Thanks very much, Jamie. Now, mm, there you go. Are you excited by that? Yeah, very. Five... Yeah. Oh, is the one you're talking about. I'm not going to do the whole counter because they've, <laughs> no, no, they've done the others. That's but right. Yes, so there is a possibility of a Corgi Thunderbird 5 in the future. Now, well, possible. No, there's a lot of people, yeah. I'm not suggesting you harass anyone. Not, right. su- not suggesting that you contact anyone to the point of, you know, uh, restraining order being required. No, let's not do that, no. But I don't think it would do any harm if you were to contact Corgi or Hornby just via their customer services or tweet Mm, David online or tweet Corgi online and just say how thrilled you are about Stingray and how you're going to collect it and this is really brilliant and perhaps how you might have a wish list of other things and if you include the things that David has talked about then maybe that might encourage those at Corgi and give them evidence that there's a market out there for this stuff because that's the only way this stuff happens. That's right. So there you go. There's my little hint and tip. Um, If you want to see more of what David's been talking about, particularly Stingray, 
You can check out the Diecast Diaries on Corgi's official website or the article on our website that also talks about the upcoming Scalextric Fab One. Which uh-huh. um, is what? not David's department, <laughs> so he didn't talk about it because Scale Extra oh. is like a different sub banner yeah. within Hornby. I see. But yes, coming in 2024 and available to pre-order now, should you wish to do so. Uh, the Fab One Scale Extra edition, oh, amazing. Which I think is, they said, the largest Scale Extra they've ever done. Gosh, something like that. Anyway, so it, it, I think it's it's a bit of a challenge to try and get another car on the track. Um, So it might have to race by itself. But there we go. Uh, (laughs) Lovely. It's nice to see all this stuff still coming through. And um, we know there's lots more in the background. So there you go. Uh, Next week, another interview. But I can't remember who it is. So we'll have to wait until next week to find out. Uh, Well, I know what it is because I've been talking to Ben about it. On the um, oh, <coughs> on, our, on our little WhatsApp um, <coughs> thing. What well, do you want to say? What it is? Well, I, I think we're going to be offering another adventure from uh, Space Precinct Revisited. Revisited. Yes. Yeah, which I put together. Gosh, must be three or four years ago now. Yes, it's a lovely uh, thing. So they yeah. get free Space Precinct next week. Yeah, great. Uh, now, Jamie, here's a question for you. What out of all the exciting stuff that's happening? Yeah. That you can talk about. Yeah. In the Jerry Anderson universe, would yeah. your dad? have been most excited about oh gosh yeah would it have been you know I don't know scale extra fab one would it have been <laughs> audiobooks and audio adventures? I mean, so when, when Dad met with Nick Briggs for an interview way back in 2005, I think. Oh, or, yeah. Or four, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they talked about uh, Anderson Audiobooks and Thunderbirds audio drama in particular, and Dad was very keen for that to happen. So I think he'd be ah. very happy that that was happening. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, yeah. Thunderbirds versus the Hood and Fire and Fury are out. Yeah, people are enjoying them, so that's really lovely. Yeah, I think he would have been most annoyed by the documentary. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that wouldn't have happened, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't have happened during his lifetime. Yeah, Although he would yeah. have loved the deep fake element, that is for sure. Sure, yes, uh, and he yes. would have really appreciated that. Yeah, um, I think having all of the shows on on ITVX and BritBox mm. would have pleased him as well that stuff was yeah. so accessible although not broadcast yeah I think he was quite excited by what what might happen with streaming and where streaming right. might go so to Gosh. have all of them on a main streaming platform that's right um, so yeah lo- lots of stuff and also yeah. lots of things that I can't talk about that I think well, he'd be quite pleased about as well, well exactly, so we exactly that's right great now I'm going to head on over to Twitter if you're on Twitter you can uh, hashtag us Jerry Anderson Podcast as many people have uh, River Sam has tweeted say hello let me ask you a question about space precinct oh yeah i wonder if the police in that series is the same as wgpc in captain scarlet or not because both series are close in era i'd be happy if you could answer this question on the jerry anderson podcast gosh i'm not sure i can answer that question i don't think that we can put scarlet and space Precinct this in the same universe they feel quite quite disconnected I, I, yeah, I, you know, that's right. I mean, you can mm. you can imagine it however you like. That's part of the beauty of these things. In the yeah. same way that some people will place Thunderbirds in 2026 and others in 2065, and some will yeah. pay close attention to all the TV21 comics and the shared yeah. continuity there, and others will say, "Well, no, no, I'm not interested. In that. That's not for me." Yeah, fair enough. You know, that's right. you can enjoy it and sort of create your own Anderson story world in your in your mind however you see fit. 
Yeah, you see, uh, there's a case to be made. I mean, I could say that actually it is set in the same universe. Space Precinct and, and Captain Scarlet are set in the same universe, just a long way away from each other. Yes, of course. You know, that's okay, isn't it? Yes, well, I mean, it have to be, wouldn't they? But, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, do, uh, do Brogan and Haldane have some underlying awareness of the Spectrum organisation? Yeah. You know, yeah. Did, did they go to um, school or university with Adam Svensson, uh, Captain Blue? Mm. I, I, I don't know. Oh, that's an um, idea for a book. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, Gary Hodgkinson tweeted, Mondays wouldn't be Mondays without the Jerry Anderson podcast. This week's interview, David May, there was a good one. And as usual, uh, all the usual gubbins. Cheers, fab trio. Stuart added, never missed an episode, which is nice to hear. Cool, Peter really? Jones, yeah. Peter Jones says there was no competition to Jerry Anderson's, Anderson's shows as far as I was concerned. It wasn't just the superior look. The storylines were intelligent and often featured new real jeopardy. Um, John Delaney on the death of Beano artist uh, David Sutherland that was announced uh, recently, as a giver of fun to my 1960s childhood, he was up there with the Beatles and Jerry Anderson. Uh, R.I.P. David Sutherland. Yeah, yeah interesting, isn't very it? sad, but lovely to be, uh, yeah. you know, put into a, a camp of such important people that Absolutely. were so influential. That's right. Scott Salmon says, I cannot tell you, reader, how my inner childhood geek is so happy right now. I have an original picture of Scott Tracy signed by Jerry Anderson and Shane Rimmer. Ah. Posted a picture. That's nice. Nicely Tashy but Tashface. <laughs> right. Tweeted, using an image, show me the film or TV show that scared the out of you as a kid. And James Elliker tweeted, oh, I'm 42, and this still makes the hair stand up on my neck. And he posted a picture of Zelda from Terrorhawks. Aw, of course. Now, Good old uh, Zelda. There does seem to be a bit of a space precinct flavour in the air at the moment, interesting does enough. Well, <laughs> Just because yeah. you're loitering awkwardly. No, 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 people have mentioned it in their emails oh, and so I on. See, yeah. And Fiona Moore is watching it, so you don't have to, over on Twitter. And she tweeted, buckle up, this week's Space Precinct rewatch features a plot by the sinister alien Omira to take over Demeter City using dot, 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 golden retrievers. Ah, uh, yes, with those yes. slightly awkward animatronic dogs. That's it. Uh, and that's actually, says Fiona Moore, the most credible plot element. She goes on in her review. High points include learning that on Demeter City, rather than working up a sketch of a suspect from witness statements, they just get a tarn to scan the witness's memory and print off a picture, which is sort of cool. It is. <laughs> there were some lovely so, yeah. touches in uh, in Space Precinct. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Put it, you know, If you were to take all 24 episodes and take out all the best bits... And ideas and, you yeah, know, uh, put them all together. You've probably got eight good episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, high praise but, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High but, praise. but really good episodes, you know. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely top notch. Brilliant. Uh, there you go for now. But do tag us uh, on Twitter and I'll read out your tweets next time. Amazing. Uh, well, there you go. Let's hope for a space precinct randomizer, eh? Because um, that would just top things up. But we call, of course, it? we don't know. We don't it's know. Random. It's random, so we now, don't know. The randomizer himself, Chris Dale, has been waiting patiently in the wings, and now he's he ready has. to randomly deliver us a random Jerry Anderson episode from a random series using the randomizer. Uh, oh. So let's keep our fingers crossed for something good. Over to you, Chris Dale. I've just realised why it's called the randomizer. It was on the planet Convo where my old enemy Torchy was finally put on trial. They say he sang an annoying song as his list of evil crimes was read and sentence passed. Then he made his last and I thought somewhat curious request. He demanded that I, Chris Dale, allow him to press the button on the randomizer. It was a request I would never have granted. Oh dear. So I smashed him to pieces with a shovel. Right. Take that and that! Why won't you leave me alone, you little pest? And 
had locked his remains safely away for a journey to the edge of a black sun, where I was going to chuck them in, of course, because even in death I couldn't trust him. There, that should do it. I called out your name. In all my travels through space and time, and nearing the end of my seventh eagle, I was finally beginning to realise that I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Ah, thank you, Marina, you've brought the tea. What's that? What, no tea? You what? You saw an amorphous silver blob slithering out of the cargo hold where we're storing Torshi's remains heading towards the cockpit? Oh, well, I'm sure it's nothing. Whoa, oh, oh, all right. Oh, we seem to have changed course. Uh, better get up there, see what's going on. Right, uh, you take the co-pilot seat, Marina. I'm going to see if I can bring us to a stop. What's that? Timing malfunction? But we don't... Computer? Torchy the battery boy is going to fly to Topsy Turvyland in his rocket. Oh, no. So do hurry up and join him there. No. Torchy is landing his rocket on Topsy Turvyland. This can't be how it ends. Topsy Turvyland is a wonderful place. Stop this. The houses are made of fruit. Please. And there's a banana bridge and a lollipop field. Stop! Come on, everyone. Hurry, hurry up, up and, and join, join Torchy. He's waiting. Sorry, but I truly believe that someone is starting to play a most sick practical joke on me at this point. This is episode 2 of Torchy. Have we really not done this one yet? Really? It feels like I've been stuck in the introductory arc of Torchy for like half my life at this point, which I suppose I probably have. Yes, there's the title, Topsy Turvyland. This is a series that has, it has more chapters than the Lord of the Rings, for goodness sake. Anywho... Um, yes, we're back at the beginnings of Torchy. Here is Mr. Bumbledrop's garden. It's a place of evil and sin. And one day he made some kites. Ah, yes, this is the recap of the events of episode one. And sent them up in... Previously on Torchy. And came and blew away the kites, the toys, and Mr. Bumbledrop's little dog. And all his hopes and dreams. Oh. Okay, they're showing a bit of the recap there of Mr. Bumbledrop speaking, but because we can't hear his voice, he's just sort of mouthing to himself. Oh dear. Oh no, there's Torchy. Had a magic beam, and it shone into the sky and found that all the lost toys and Pom Pom had landed on a twinkling star. Hmm, as incredible as that sounds. We all remember this, don't we? Yes. Uh, those of you who were there indeed for the last live podcast recording will recall this in great detail. How Bumbledrop built a, a space rocket in his garden overnight. I do hope I reach the twinkling star soon. In addition to creating a sentient, intelligent toy life with Torchy himself. But here we go, we are landing on Topsy Turbyland, the twinkling star for the first time. Star. There was no one to be seen at all. It was a dead world. And looked around. And it was probably best that it stayed that way. Pom-Pom and all the lost toys are. Hmm. I'll never find them in the dark. I think I'll have a sleep and, and try to find them in the morning. 
It's not like I've got something mounted on my head that could help me see in the dark. If only I wish. Perhaps I could have been named after such an instrument. Oh, there she is. How nice to see you. Who are you? <laughs> what are you? Oh, yes, this would be the first first time Torchy is meeting any of our lovely uh, talking animals and toys. Topsy-turvy land, where everything is topsy-turvy. Top and my favourite character, Pom-Pom the Poodle, and her multitude of strings. Turvy land? What's it like? Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, if you like that sort of thing. Again, those pyramids in the background that I was asking about last time we did Torchy. Notice board. Oh. <laughs> Notice, this is Topsy Turvy Land, the land where you can do whatever you want. Where you can do whatever you want. By law, on pain of death. <laughs> that doesn't quite fit with the sort of, um, you know, do what you want ethos of Topsy Turvy Land. As soon as you land, there's a great big sign in your face saying, do whatever you want or else. I, I, I love chocolate sauce. Mm. <laughs> when we get back. To Earth, I'll ask Mr. Bumbledrop to make you some as a special treat. Mm. Chocolate is poisonous for dogs, but don't worry about that. It isn't good for dogs. That's why I'm going to stay up here. Oh, right, okay. She she realises that, does she? That's clever. Mean you never want to come back? Mm. You don't want to live on Earth with me and the weird old man? You see, a naughty girl called Bossy Boots won't let the children play in Mr. Bumbledrop's garden until he gives them back their lost my god, she really has that much power. Her word is law. You, I'm not going back. Oh, she's sitting, she's, she's, well, she's sitting on her back legs and she's got her front legs up. That's quite sweet. Please tell me where they are. I'd love to meet them. What? You, you, you'll never find them now. Oh, yes, I will. I'll press the switch on my jacket and ask my magic beam to help me. Some of Torchy's strings are tangled there. Torchy's magic beam made a noise just like a blue bottle on the window pane. There's that comparison again. She must have been really proud of that. Writer, and pointed straight at oh. toys running through a lollipop field. Oh, yes. Ragdoll and um, Pillywick the Clown. Oh, Ragdoll is down. And we got a nice close-up of her bottom. Wait for me! No! Run! Save yourself! Oh, yes. Flopsy the ragdoll, yes. Hello, Flopsy. I'm so glad I found you. Go away, you... <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done, Flopsy. That is the uh, the standard response to uh, any encounter with Torchy. First, you just say, go away. But when I talk, I sometimes forget my words. Hmm. So I say pickle-pockle ones instead. It's supposed to be endearing, but really it's just irritating. But why do you keep forgetting what you're going to say? Because my head is nearly empty. Oh. I belong to Bossy Boots, and she never looked after me properly. Oh. My stuffing has fallen out, and that's why I always fall down. Ah, like so. If you had a needle and cotton, I could sew you up. If I had a needle, I could gouge your eyes out. I mean, uh, sew you up, yes. Maybe he can help us. Hmm. Oh. oh, right, yeah, there he is, okay. cotton to sew up my Hello, by the way. <laughs> a needle and cotton won't be enough. You'll need... Not with your biggle boggle. <laughs> That's going to be very hard to find. Have you got hmm. any pillowig? Um, <laughs> I'm a clown toy that's just come to life, by the way. I'm not really concerned with needles and cotton just yet. What even is that? <laughs> have to flop down again. Hmm. Oh, okay. 
Because it was so good the first time. Something soft and woolly to stuff inside me. Oh. If you want something soft and woolly, I know who might be able to help you. Oh, yes, this will set up... Pom-pom! The ongoing conflict between um, Pom-pom and Flopsy. People keep expecting Pom-pom to have chunks ripped out of her and stuffed inside Flopsy. Like to cut off some of your curls. And Pom-pom doesn't have much to start with. No, no, no! Leave my curls alone! Yeah. Naughty dog she is. Never mind. I'll try and manage. Oh, you're a very brave piggle-poggle. When we lived on Earth, we couldn't walk or talk. And the children who owned us never let us have a ride on the seesaw or the swings. No, but up here we can play in our own garden and have as much fun as we like. (laughs) Why? We've even got our own topsy-turvy song. (laughs) Oh, no, no, don't, don't sing it. Don't sing it. That's fine. Oh, God. I, I surrender, especially with this shot of Flopsy. Um, she's on a swing, and she's swinging to and fro, but you can see straight up her skirt. Oh, God. Yes, cut away, please. Cut away. Where you sing chocolate snow. Oh, okay. Go to school, and no one ever says no, oh no, oh no, no one ever says no. Oh, I think plenty of people say no, as in, God no, please make it stop, no, no, no. Everything's front to back. So? There's no such thing as punishments, and you can commit all kinds of sin. In topsy-turvy land, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you Okay, Pillywig is, um, pushing... You can drink them for hours. Um, he's pushing down on a plant and it's spurting out water. The wonders of Topsy-Turvyland, the sheer possibilities and imagination. Um, like hanging around in trees, which is what they're doing now. All you do is have fun, fun, and all you do is have fun. Well, that's the idea, we're not very good at it. Again, I, I kind of like how they try to be a bit creative with some of their, with some of what's going on during the songs. I mean, it's it's hard to describe there, but they had a shot there of Pillywig standing on his head with the camera upside down, and then he eventually fell. Then they turned the camera over and he fell back into shot. That's quite clever. Song I've ever heard. Ish. Now, I feel so tired that I, I think I'd like to go to sleep. For the second time this episode, I'm not really very good at my job. Until you've put my curlers in. Oh, goodness. I'd forgotten all about them. Um, It's such a pivotal part of the story. There's so much going on this week. Flopsy should put your curlers in. (laughs) Why not? You wouldn't let her use some of your curls for stuffing. Right, to have straight Yes, don't have your hair curled because you didn't give up parts of your body. How dare you? Please put in my curlers, Flopsy. Please, please. Bom, bom. No, I won't. I'm going to listen to Torchy. If you hmm. won't help me, then I won't help you. Now, Remember, this is a land where anybody can do what they want, but you can't do what you want. Hey, bom, bom. Come on. <laughs> Laugh at me. Aren't I funny? <laughs> I'm desperate for attention, Pom Pom. Please laugh at me. It's funny. Well, you are. <laughs> yeah, you do look a sight. <laughs> Aww. Um, Pot Kettle Black? 
the main issue of the episode blackmailing this poor dog oh now they've got the they've taken the scissors to her and they're pulling the fur as they cut it kept on cutting until he had a pile of white wool and pom-pom's tears were as music to his ears and he can stuff it into flopsy speaking of stuffing things i think pom-pom's gonna oh no torchy is uh Stuffing Flopsy. Yeah, I think Pom Pom was going to make off with those scissors and uh, get up to some mischief. <laughs> oh yes, that's a that's a dog with a murderous look in its eyes. I, I think I'll make her put my curlers in now. Hmm. <laughs> yes, Flopsy is completely vacant faced at the uh, growling dog heading towards her. Flopsy seems. Come on, Red Dog. You can stand up now. <laughs> I do feel fine. Mm. <laughs> My head is nearly as empty as it was. Oh, she fell over again. You flopped down again. Well. I suppose it's because I haven't got quite enough stuffing inside me. <laughs> right, I'll hold Pom Pom down. How many of her limbs do you want? All the time. I only fall down some of the time. Okay, good. <laughs> You can see why they had to have this uh, episode really establishing this world of Topsy Turbyland and all its. Uh, oh, Pom Pom's got all her colours in. And in the morning, when I brush and comb you, you'll be a pickle poggle poodle again. Whether you, you like it or like not. Pom Pom, I've never seen a poodle with colours before. <laughs> Wait till you see me in the morning. I'll be beautiful. I'm sure you will. Now, let's go to sleep, and when we wake up, we can have lots of fun on Topsy Turvy Land. Well, I've seen episode three, and I think episode four, and multiple other episodes, so I would have to dispute that claim, Torchy. But anyway, that was episode two of Torchy, Topsy Turvy Land, and what can you really say about that? It's a, it's a, you know, a vital link between uh, episode one and episode three. Um, episode three was the first one we ever did on the randomizer. I think the one that introduced Squish. The little battery boy. I don't feel that did much of a, a, a good job setting up the world of Topsy Turbulent, quite frankly. I think if I were watching this show back in 1960, I would feel a bit, uh, a bit cheated that you have supposedly this world where anyone can do anything they want to do and all they do is bicker about cutting fur off the dog. Because you can do that here. Well, there's another one done. Another cockroach stamped out under the heel of the randomizer. I have no idea how many more of these we've got to do, but um, yeah, they'll just keep coming. Again, like cockroaches. There'll be an episode zero next week. Poor Chris. Torchy oh, Torchy, well. the battery boy. Yeah, well, he loves it though. He loves it all. Does he? Not by the sound of that randomizer, but uh, <laughs> there we go. We've got, we've got to have some Torchy because there's so much of it. That's the problem. Well, that's right. That's true. He's got to, he's got to poke his little head in somewhere. Exactly. It? But eventually, what, Torchy or Chris? Uh, Torchy. Okay, very good. Well, Chris does that too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, we, you know, it's going to crop up from time to time. Sorry about that. But I hope you enjoyed Chris's torture anyway. Yes, torture. 
Dorchia. Yes, mm, nice. Mm, you see? Nice. You see? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, very, yeah. very, very good. Nice. Uh, <coughs> is there anything else you would like to add before we no, wrap up this it. podcast? No, we've done the news. We've done Fab Facts. We have the second part of your interview with David Mather. We've had the randomizer with yep. Chris Dale. Uh, we've had uh, emails. We've had Facebook yep. posts and Twitterings yes. from our wonderful Podstrons. Yep. I think that's job done, isn't it? Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. Now, I know we said that we wouldn't mention it again. Oh, you're not going to mention it again. So I'm I'm not going to mention it right. again. The woeful okay. percentage of yeah. reviewers. Let's but not mention that. If Podstrons, you'd like to, you know, bump up that 0.2% figure of those who've left a review, we'd love it. Anyway, moving swiftly oh, uh, on. Yeah, 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 go yeah, on, yeah, go no, on. Well, I, I, let's leave it. I'll tell you in a minute after the, you know. Okay, fine. All right. Very good. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Podstrons. Um, we'll be back with you next week for oh, 242. Yeah. Of course we will. And, um... Until yeah. then, have a lovely, lovely week and enjoy baking your Anderson-themed pies. We can't wait yeah. to see them. Yeah, we'll see them and we'll see you next week. Bye. Good, good pie. <laughs> Stage one complete. Let's go. So go on, what was your little secret well, thing? Uh, of course, you've let the cat out of the bag, really, haven't you? you Have I? Uh, uh, well, our wonderful listeners yes. will be able to take that 0.23 figure. Yes. And uh, work no, they, out no, they can't because how many we... unique listeners we've had to the podcast. Oh, I see. Yeah. I suppose they could do. Well, that's yeah, all right. I don't, because, mind, I don't mind the cat no. coming out of the bag about that because it's a no, lot no, of people. It is. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's many, many, many people, in fact. Indeed. So... Um, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I mean, we've we've had, I think, in total across the the full run of the podcast, over a million downloads. A million? A million! Whoa! Which is pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah, brilliant. You know, because we're we're pretty niche. We're pretty niche, 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 niche. Well, you speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Space Precinct. Yeah, <laughs> nothing niche about that at all. No, no, no not at all. No. Um, yeah, well, that's pretty good. I like yeah, that. it's it's lovely, and I, you know, we're we're on a mission now to to spread the spread the gospel, and it's especially when I, we get emails like that one from um, yeah. uh, our fourteen year old. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Was that Matthew? Was it? I think. Yeah, I, that's it. I, I don't want to forget names and oh, be an idiot. On. No, no, no. Let me, I was scrolling back now because I want to be absolutely sure. Yeah, I, I think it was Daniel. It was Daniel. Daniel. So sorry, Daniel. That's it. Yeah. It's too many things to remember in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Daniel, thank you because those things I think really inspire us to go the extra mile and and spread the spread the gospel, Anderson, as much as we can. So indeed. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Fine. All right. Well, should we go away now? Uh, now I think we now we've to. let the cat out the bag and given all the numbers away and um, yeah and spoiled everything as but, usual. Uh, now we've mentioned him, you know, quite a few times in the podcast. Do you think yeah. Daniel might leave a nice review? I would love to see that. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye out, and if it's not Uh-oh. there, then there probably won't be hell to pay. No, no, of course not. No. Okay, Great. well, thank, thanks for you, Daniel. Daniel. All right, <laughs> bye. Good, good pie. Good pie. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Wasn't it fun? 
You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.